0: Welcome to Truth Triumphant Radio. I'm your host, Cody Mori, and at the moment I'm still studying out Righteousness by Faith uh, and putting the the segments together. So today I just wanted to give an update because I haven't done so in quite a while. Just on the things that we're seeing in the political world. Uh, it's actually amazing to me to think how long things have gone on, relatively peaceful, but we we don't know how much longer that we have, quite frankly. I mean, there's a lot of ominous signs, if you will. And I think we're living in that time where the Bible says that uh, hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. So there's there's a holding back of the winds of strife by the four angels. And I, I do absolutely believe that we're living through that time. And I believe that just because you see so many things on the horizon, there's war overseas. You've had just since the the left has gone so far left and so radical that even, even liberals can't recognize their own party anymore. The obvious sexualizing of children uh, which we've talked about a bit on this show um, It it's scary to see what's going on the of course we all know about the the food shortages that have been sort of hanging over the horizon for some time we've seen shortages anybody especially who's working in a field where they require parts quite often like myself in construction we know that Everything's on back order. Everything is, it's much harder to get than it was a few years ago since the onset of COVID. So we're looking at all these things and we're seeing and we're trying to understand what's going on. Well, I just want to talk about this a little bit because what we're seeing in the political world, to me, and this is, this is somewhat of a speculation... But it's a speculation that is backed by Scripture and the spirit of prophecy. And these are the way I see things. Now, I want to point out that just because I'm saying something like that doesn't mean I'm saying it's, it's dogma. This is just my thoughts on the matter. Now, we've talked about Black Lives Matter, Antifa all this stuff, and I've been saying for a long time, for a long time, that I believe that the plan of the Vatican is to cause so much disruption, unrest, violence, broken homes and families, due to a lack of religion, that people will slam into the other side. The pendulum will just swing back completely the other way the hegelian dialectic folks at work and i think that's what we're seeing i've been saying that for for years now anybody who's been listening to the show since 2020 is when we started the show i've been saying that for years i believe that they're 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 hurting people like cattle over into the camp of the conservatives the camp of the right wing and it's a catch-22 because the problem, the real problem with this country is that it's sinful. That's, that's the true problem with this country. So we're going to be, when, when we're sinful, we lose we lose the protection of God and his blessing. You know, the, as the Bible says, righteousness exalteth a nation, but, a, but sin is a reproach to any people. So whether it's left or right it doesn't really matter. I think what I'm seeing going on is that the left is just going so radicalized that people they're 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 becoming stinking to people. It's like a bad taste in their mouth. Especially liberals who you know have children and and they they just abhorred about this this whole sexualizing children and transgender drag queen story hour and all this all this abominable uh, things before God and what we see and we're seeing it is people are being moved over into the right we're seeing right waves everywhere and while the left dictators are in their cities and in their states and they're crying peace peace and everything's fine and everything's great and we're handling everything really well people can clearly see that the exact opposite is the case and I don't think that that's not unplanned and here's the thing it's a catch-22 I said that a little little earlier and I believe this is why it's a catch-22 because I think that the Jesuit order uh, the Roman Catholic Church, the Vatican, if you will, however you want to frame it, okay, the Antichrist power on earth. They don't really care in the end uh, whether whether or not people respond the way they want them to respond in regards to the radicalization of the left. Either America will respond to it and become ultra white right wing which is happening they'll become so abhorrent of anything that's to the left that they will they will just shun it completely and they'll be all for the right which is happening either they'll do that or if they refuse to fight if they refuse to fight it's a catch 22 because then the then the communist side will completely take over and they'll be in control either way You see, the problem is, uh, we lose regardless of which ideology gets embraced by the nation. And I say we, I mean the country. So what we're seeing right now is we're seeing a, a red wave. And I want to point out some things that I think are very important. Because I know there's some talk about the Green New Deal and, um, and the Green Sunday law and things like that. but I want people to remember that Mrs. White says that the people will pressure the politicians to give a Sunday law and that and that when the when there are still calamities on the earth and see natural disasters, etc, that the, the those same people will blame, they will blame the Sabbath keepers for not keeping the Sunday law, and they'll say that they have invoked the displeasure of God. So it will be a religious movement. It will be a religious movement. Now, is religion on the left? Not really. It's mostly atheism. There are fake Catholics, you know, like Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi, uh, but their religion's weak. It's um, it's not. It doesn't have the. Uh, strength of argument, it doesn't have the strength of the old conservative ways, and uh, the old conservative ways of the, of the Catholic Church in particular. It was their conservatism, those their totalitarian conservatism in the Middle Ages that was burning people at the stake, and many times reformers were labeled, they were labeled schismatics, and they were also labeled liberals. But, interestingly enough, we have the same problem in the Seventh-day Adventist church. So the more things change, the more they stay the same. If you're somebody who's sighing and crying for the abominations that be done in the midst of Israel, you'll be called someone who's not unifying, right? You're, you're causing disunity and things like that. And so it's, it's interesting that these same sort of ideas which are ridiculous the the reformers were not schismatics they were trying to hold the truth of god the people that are talking about the apostasy apostasy in the church today are those that are sighing and crying the watchmen on the walls giving the straight testimony blowing their trumpets they're not they're not trying to cause division that's not the point even with me with my disagreements with Walter Weith and others that I've talked to in the comment section because I've tried to make myself more available because I know this was a touchy subject, but because of that issue, many people have labeled me with the same thing, just looking to pick a fight, causing disunity, you know, workers in the vineyard that are attacking each other well folks if one of the workers in God's vineyard sets sets fire to the vineyard should the other vineyard workers come and try to put it out of course absolutely of course and this whole saved in sin thing which a lot of people have embraced I just wanna point out this is this is denying absolutely denying the power of God and what he wants to do in your life. This is, as far as I'm concerned, the definition of having a form of godliness, but denying the power. Now, when I was younger, I used to think that that meant that you were just sinful in general, and you were calling yourself a Christian. Well, that's that's correct, but it's not it's not to the core of the issue. Which is that if you are outwardly sinning openly and still claiming to be a Christian, you are actually denying the power of Christ to be able to help you overcome sin. And when the worldling looks at you and sees that you haven't overcome sin and you're somebody who claims to be a Christian, what chance do they have? You see, it's like taking the Lord's name in vain. You're claiming to be a Christian, but you're not acting like one. So it's a form of godliness, but it's literally denying the power of Christ to help you overcome sin. That's exactly what it is. Every sin, to the point of perfection. And I am still working on that righteousness by faith. And by the way, I have not heard back from Walter Veith yet on, on this issue. I emailed him on your behalf because of the urging of some of the people. And so... I've contacted him. I haven't heard anything back. So we'll stay tuned for that. But recently Joe Biden gave a speech on the soul of the nation and it was extremely divisive speech where he talked about the ultra-MAGA group. Well, he didn't say that at that point, but he he was basically labeling those people that were pro-Trump um, semi-fascists. He was saying that they were Threatening the very soul of the country is probably one of the most divisive speeches that you could get from a president who claimed to be unifying the country. And he's just become, a whether he's a, he's a joke to a lot of people um, or others, he's just repulsive. And he just continues to build on that. And of course, we can't really blame him so much. 'Cause he probably doesn't even remember the speech immediately after giving it. And not that we can't he's he's chosen his path. He's been on this path for a long time. That he's held responsible for, but I'm just saying that he probably doesn't even know what he's doing at this point. Um there's you know, there's there's gaffes from him all the time. But what I'm trying to focus on today is the heroes of the right. And I just want to point out some things. That I think are very important. The heroes of the right are those who are standing against the insanity of the left right now. Recently, the Daily Wire under Ben Shapiro came out with a documentary. It was a very good documentary, actually. I highly recommend you watch it um, if you're interested. It's called What is a Woman? And it's basically. Uh, showing how ridiculous the idea is that we don't know what women are anymore and that now a man, as soon as he identifies as a woman, is now considered a woman, or if he transitions, is considered a woman. So there's been a documentary that came out. It's about a two-hour documentary, and it was done by Matt Walsh of The Daily Wire. Matt Walsh has grown quite a bit in popularity as well. And I just want to point out that Matt Walsh is a dyed-in-the-wool Roman Catholic. Now, why am I pointing that out? Because a lot of the heroes of the right, quite interestingly enough, some of the heroes and the enemies on the left are Roman Catholic. Matt Walsh is Roman Catholic. He's conservative Catholic. And... These are the people that are driving this movement, and it's appearing to be a good move. Remember, Mrs. White says that in the last days there would be movements that would take place that would appear to be good, right? They would appear to um, require or of necessity need our support, right? Whether it's financially or or by voting or in spirit or whatever. But they would, it would be a temptation for us to be a part of these movements. And when you look at things like what Matt Walsh is doing, you can, you can look at the talks that he gives, um, especially this documentary that he came out with, and you think, wow, this is someone who's standing in the gap, so to speak. However, I want to point out something. I want to point out something in regards to him and that is a tweet that he, he sent out on October 31st, 2018, where he was talking about Reformation Day. And I want to I show you, these are the heroes, okay, of the right right now. So he said this in his tweet on October 31st, 2018. It says, the church is fractured into a million pieces. Christians disagree about almost everything. Even if you dislike the Catholic Church, it seems odd for any Christian to gleefully celebrate Reformation Day. You're celebrating disunity and brokenness, like throwing a divorce party. Now, quite interestingly enough, if he knew his history um, well enough, he would know that it was the Catholic Church that divorced from... The ref the, from the reformers and not the other way around it was Martin Luther who was interdicted and excommunicated not to mention the 50 million people that were killed in various ways including being burned at the stake for disagreeing with Catholic doctrines however this points to what these people who are the heroes quote unquote of the right who are appearing to be standing in the gap they are looking for this ecumenical uh, gathering. And they are also um, casting shade on Reformation Day. For those of you who don't know, Reformation Day is an alternative to Halloween because Martin Luther, he nailed his 95 Theses to the door of the Wittenberg Chapel on October 31st, 1517, So, which is that that night is Halloween now many people many Christians and it's much more popular in Europe than it is in the United States but many Christians who whether they feel uncomfortable with Halloween uh, but they have children and they they wanna they wanna use the time and not not have their children feel like they're missing out so to speak they take part in Reformation Day and they learn about the reformers, which is a great alternative, right? And it's it's been that way for quite a, it's been that way for quite a while in Europe, I understand. But now he's casting shade here on Reformation Day, on the Reformation, uh, you know, the Reformation, the 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 reason why the United States came up with the Bill of Rights and the Constitution, the reason why. Uh, England came up with a constitutional government, right to bear arms, which they barely have now. They've basically taken away all those rights in, in our day. But when they, when they first drafted their constitutions and their rights that they had for the people, all the Protestant capitalist sort of environments that we've seen that have cultivated these nations of power They've all come from Christian principles. Now, have they been used properly all the time? Of course not. But that would be, that would be the, the errors of man, and not the actual system itself, which is the exact opposite with the communist system. The communist system, is not one that is blessed by God. Therefore, it will always fail. And though it sounds good on paper, when you read something like the Communist Manifesto, and it says, you know, to each according to their uh, need and also those uh, work according to their ability well that sounds that sounds very altruistic that sounds very good however it's never worked and it never will work because people people are trying to do something they're trying to be righteous without god it's a, always a very militant atheist movement and whether you're whether you're protestant or catholic or orthodox or whatever many 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 people uh, who profess a faith of some kind in the christian doctrine have died at the at the gunpoint of a communist regime not to mention once those are out of the way they turn on their own people and that's what you see happening in the left even right now they they attack each other they they attack each other for not being left enough right now another person who is who is part of the Daily Wire as well is Michael Knowles and Michael Knowles is a Roman Catholic as well and he has made the point on a number of occasions that that Peter is the rock upon which the church is supposed to be built and it says it says that in Matthew chapter 16 verse 18 according to Michael Knowles it says I say unto thee Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now Catholics have been using that argument for centuries now. Whereas what the verse is actually saying is that thou art Peter, that is a pebble. And then Christ moves, he says, you're just, you're just a pebble. But upon this rock will I build my church. And the rock, who's he talking about? He's talking about the chief cornerstone. He's talking about himself. And you can see that much more clearly uh, in the Greek than you can when it's in English. And when you look at Scripture, it's very, very clear that every verse, every verse except for this possible one in question here, like if if this is confusing to you, this particular verse, and you're unsure about it, One of the best things you can always do is compare the principle that's there or the the symbol that's there with other passages of Scripture. Folks, I'm going to tell you right now, every single passage of Scripture that is referring to someone as a rock, it's always God or more specifically Jesus Christ in the New Testament it is never a person not that i've seen if you go to psalm chapter 71 verse 3 it says be thou my strong habitation whereunto i may continually resort thou hast given commandment to save me for thou art my rock and my fortress jesus said himself that he was the rock he said this in the same book in Matthew chapter 21, just a couple chapters away, verses 42 through 44, he said, Jesus saith unto them, Did ye never read in the scriptures, the stone which the builders rejected, the same has become the head of the corner? This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore I say unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation bringing forth the fruits thereof. And whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken. But on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. Now you think about that in connection with Daniel chapter 2. And the stone that was cut without hands, that was thrown to the earth. Well, it wasn't Peter, of course. It's Jesus Christ at his second coming, which destroys, hits, strikes the toes of, of iron and clay. And destroys the entire image, which becomes as chaff in the wind. It's like it's almost like vaporized. And then that, that, that rock, that stone, that was cut without hands, becomes a mountain and fills the whole earth, representing Christ's kingdom. Peter himself actually says that Jesus is the rock. So it's interesting they, the Catholics use this example, and Michael Knowles is no exception, they use this example to say that, well, clearly Peter's the rock and, and upon this church they'll they'll build their upon this rock they'll build their church and that do you see that that makes the, the papacy have a right to exist because because Peter was the first pope. That's what they're saying with that. Well, quite interestingly enough, if they were to read the rest of Scripture, which they really don't, they know what their catechism says more so they know the arguments from their catechism, but they don't know Scripture. Quite often, some do, uh, but quite often they don't. And even the ones that do, many times they're twisting Scripture, just like you saw in Matthew chapter uh, chapter sixteen there. But Peter says that Jesus is the rock in First Peter chapter six, or sorry, chapter two, and verse six and seven. He says, "Wherefore also it contained." In the scripture, behold I lay in Sion a chief cornerstone, elect precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore which believe he is precious, but unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. So He's connecting with the same passage that Jesus said when Jesus said he was the rock. Peter is doing the very same thing again. Paul makes it even more clear because he connects the New Testament with the Old Testament and basically says that Christ is the rock. The rock of all time. The Old and New Testament. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, it says, and did all drink of the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. So connecting with the wilderness experience of the Jews back in their day. Who is the rock? It's always God. It's always Christ Jesus. That's who it's talking about. It is not talking about Peter. Now again, this is another this is another hero of the right, another Daily Wire representative. And Michael Knowles, he's got some great information. He's talked about Fauci and things like that. Remember Fauci's Roman Catholic as well, which makes you think this is just a game that they're all playing with each other, right? You got Gavin Newsom going to a Jesuit school and he's against Ron DeSantis. You know, and, and I'll tell you, I really respect Ron DeSantis. I love what he's done in Florida. I live in Florida, and I am very, very pleased with his leadership. However, you must know that he is also Roman Catholic. So what game is going on before it's who's who's hurting us like cattle into believing a certain a certain mindset: the bad guys, the good guys, etc. Who's the boogeyman today, and who's the who's the quote-unquote good guys today? If you go to Wikipedia, it says this about Ron DeSantis: it says DeSantis attended Our Lady of Lords Catholic School in Dundon High School, graduating in 1997. After high school, DeSantis studied history at Yale University. Yale is where the skull and bone society is, folks. Now, I don't think he was a member. I don't know if he was a member or not, but nonetheless, it's not good products, okay, that come out of Harvard and Yale and these and Princeton and these other these other premier universities. What they have produced many times is people that are soldiers in the Vatican's army. So, after high school, DeSantis studied at Yale University. Again, this is from Wikipedia. He was captain of Yale varsity baseball team and joined the Delta Kappa Epsilon fraternity. He was an outfielder on the Yale baseball team. As a senior in 2001, he had the team's best batting average. While attending Yale, he worked a variety of jobs, including electrician's assistant and a baseball camp coach. He graduated from Yale in 2001 with a B.A. Magnum Cum Laude. After spending a year as a history teacher in Darlington School, he attended Harvard Law School, graduating in 2005 with a Juris Doctor Cum Laude. So he went to Harvard, he went to Yale, and he is Roman Catholic, was born and raised Roman Catholic, he's Roman Catholic today. And this, again, this is another one of the great, I mean, even... Far ahead of uh, Matt Walsh and Michael Knowles, at least in the political arena, Uh, Ron DeSantis is somebody who most people really, really appreciate, trust, and like. But what if this is a Hegelian dialectic? What if you're being herded? What if you're being controlled by all of this into building up good guys and building up bad guys? And what if we are just pawns in the game? That's what I think's going on, folks. That's what I think's going on. And when you have individuals like Matt Walsh casting shade over the Reformation, Michael Knowles making the same garbage, um, out-of-context, quoted passages, arguments to, to support... The idea of the primacy of the Bishop of Rome. And then the Roman Catholic hero, Ron DeSantis, among others. The heroes of the red are Roman Catholic. Where the enemies of the, the left, the enemies of the blue, if you will, uh, they're Roman Catholic. And they're the, the heroes on there are Roman Catholic. You see, it's it's a lose-lose-lose situation. We just have to be on guard. I'm not saying that, that Ron DeSantis... Um, is is not it's not possible that he's an exception to this rule of course it is what I'm saying is be on your guard and I pray that he is I pray that he is an exception to this rule and I pray that he is one of the people that Mrs. White talks about that has been placed in the position that he has been placed in and that one day when he hears the truth that he will take his stand with the remnant as Mrs. White says some politicians will so I pray that that's the case with all three of these men, but especially, uh, you know, Ron DeSantis, who would fit that particular symbolism given by Mrs. White, well, it's not symbolism, but that that uh, vision or, or prophecy given by Mrs. White concerning politicians. I pray that Ron DeSantis is. However, what are the chances that he's the exception to the rule? Not very much. Usually that's not how these things are going. If if he is, then there would be a lot of people after him. Now, some could make the case that is the case. Some could make that case. However, even though Gavin Newsom has been quite against him, I know that his in-laws have actually given money to to Ron DeSantis. So there's some there's some things there. And I'm just trying to say, be on your guard because the heroes of the right um, maybe should not get your full support without you using extreme discretion. Next week, God willing, we will talk about righteousness by faith, and we will go through step by step. I've been studying something uh, by a sister in the faith, i don't know if she's passed on now or not but i really appreciate her work and i'm going to be picking up her torch god willing and that is a woman named margaret davis and she talked about the true message of righteousness by faith which has been given so rarely and so um, usually so poorly that people misunderstand what it actually means margaret davis's work and you can look her up online for yourself and watch her righteousness by faith it's only six parts um you will have the true understanding of righteousness by faith is and how to use god's power to overcome sin in your life and i am going to be walking through some of those teachings there they're not really her teachings they are the spirit of prophecy and scripture And I think that she would be very happy to see that the message is continuing, which I intend to do. So that will be next time, God willing. So you've been listening to Truth Triumphant Radio. God bless, and we'll catch you next time.